0: I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram over at AskAdamTorres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, um, all that other good stuff. Love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, MoneyMattersTopTips.com and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Reggie Thornton on the line. He's the director of brand licensing over at LMCA, who are brand licensing specialists. Reggie, welcome to the show. Adam, thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: So brand licensing, um, branding, all these things, I mean, really hot topics. I mean, lots, lots of big brands out there. Not everybody knows what to do, right? Um, I'm excited to get into um, what you're doing over at LMCA. But before we do that, let's get into your background a little bit more. How would you get started in business?
1: Sure. I would say, uh, let's see, I graduated from Northeastern University uh, in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, From there, uh, like like a lot of folks, wasn't really ready to get into the real world, um, but wanted to make some money in a relaxing uh, environment. So I actually lived... Uh, about two and a half years in Key West, Florida, where I uh, bartended, sold T-shirts, worked in a pizza shop, uh, and of course, uh, uh, enjoyed myself. Uh, And from there, I actually uh, started my professional career uh, at EchoStar, Dish Network, the satellite company, and uh, worked there for for several years, and then primarily in business development and uh, in sales roles in uh, internet media, uh, really, which led to uh, me uh, partnering with uh, two other uh, individuals, two friends, and uh, we actually had our own condom company, and uh, that's C O N D O M, not to be confused with condo. So we actually uh, had our own condom. <laughs> we had our. <laughs> we actually had our uh, our own condom company. It's actually still uh, in existence now. A company called. Uh, B condoms Uh, but I did that for maybe about five years kind of the startup uh, life definitely a lot of ups and downs and and just uh, the grind Uh, and from there I actually uh, had an experience in virtual reality in 3D uh, with a company based out in Silicon Valley and uh, that led me to my current role and position uh, at LMCA
0: no that's uh what I love about your um your transition as an entrepreneur is that number one you you dealt in a lot of different companies number two um obviously graduating college and then um the route you went for your first couple of years i'm like, man, I wish i'd done that yeah, <laughs> you, don't you, know. Know you don't know when you' you don't know when you're that age and I'm like, how did this guy know when he was that age i'm like I, I, Europeans and everyone else in the world that has um a gap year, as they call it. I mean, yep. they have the right idea. I'm not I'm not against it. I'm not lazy. I'm not anything else. But for all the Americans out there that don't know what gap year is, Google <laughs> it. Um, that would be one thing that I'd say there. Because you don't know. I mean, you're going to be working mm-hmm. on a lot of other things you, uh, in the rest of your life. And so taking that time out for yourself, I bet you, and especially you went to a great college, so I'm guessing some of your friends and other family probably weren't on board with what your decision was um, at yeah, that and- time, is my guess.
1: Yeah, no, Adam. That's, that's a good point. I think uh, I think you are right on when you say, look, in Europe, it's it's, it's very common uh, here, not so much. So when I graduated from school, yeah, most of my peers, you know, went ahead uh, and and started kind of the the, the real gig, right? And uh, you know, for quote me, unquote,
0: kind of, get ahead, right? To quote unquote, yeah, get ahead, right?
1: Exactly. <laughs> And uh, for me, it was really uh, you just kind of have to know what kind of animal you are. And and I really kind of just needed that time to kind of still get college a little bit out of my system and then just kind of figure, you know, kind of the right time and what I really wanted to do on, on that path. And and although, you know, it did not start kind of the the real gig, right, you know, there was uh, a lot of hustling uh, and a lot of just, you know, savvy uh, in the hospitality industry you, you you need a lot of uh a lot of stabbiness and, and you learn a lot of things that you can really still apply to uh to whatever you choose to do. But I, I definitely encourage uh, encourage people in my family, you know, take take that little bit of time uh to kinda gather your thoughts because uh once once it starts, man, it starts.
0: <laughs> I love that. Um, no that that's definitely uh great advice there. Um, And so if uh, let's change it up a bit. I want to start getting more into what we're doing uh, or what you're doing over at LMCA as uh, a brand licensing specialist. So um, what kind of clients are you working with and what kind of problems are you helping them solve?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, LMCA actually stands for Leverage Marketing Corporation uh, of America. So uh, we are based in New York City. We've been in business for 30-plus years. Uh, Our founder actually was one of the pioneers in corporate brand licensing and what what exactly that that means uh it's it's very simple um we work with brands so just to give you an example the Westinghouses of the world uh the hewlett packard's we work with these type of brands uh to help them extend into categories that they currently are not in uh without having to make the investment, right? And we do so by matching them up with another company or or another brand uh, that may be in that category where it makes sense for them, depending on what their business objectives are, to license a corporate brand or a brand that we work with. uh, And there's in exchange for that, there's some type of royalty rate, um, some type of payment. So that's kind of what we... I'm, I'm a matchmaker really in between two companies Mm. and And typically typically on the brand side uh our clients there's a lot of when i look down the the list uh you know black flag roto kodak these type of brands these are brands that have a huge uh brand awareness right everyone knows and has heard of those brands have used mm -hmm. those brands and they also in all those years and in some of the cases it's been decades, a hundred plus years with some of our clients, there's that's a lot not. of brand yeah, a lot of brand equity that's built. And so what we do is we try to say, okay, where can we take this brand equity and all the things that's been built up, where can we leverage that into a category that they're not in, but we as consumers would expect them to be able to offer mm-hmm. that product, right? So you're you're really fulfilling the if you do it right uh, and many brands that we work with have done it right um, you have you know what's seamless to you as a consumer, but you have more offering now in the marketplace and you did so by licensing if that if that makes sense
0: that makes complete sense and I think it's so interesting because uh, especially because you're working with really large brands there's so I mean, there's such a shift when you think about the buying habits um, going into the millennials and the next generation after them and thinking about, especially for some of these big conglomerates or just big companies um, that, you know, in the CPG space, your consumer packaged goods or all these other spaces where, you know, when buying preferences have noticeably changed, I mean, you can't ignore that. You Mm -hmm. also aren't necessarily going to be able to quote-unquote innovate or just create the next xyz they're going to a lot of this stuff Mm -hmm. um starts as grassroots type things that grow and then they Mm -hmm. get a following and then now they have the millennial or or younger's ear so now that has become its own brand um that that you know could be an acquisition it could be something else but what i think is interesting though with this brand licensing is that now um For some of these other types of players that are coming to the market just really provides just a whole nother model because I I happen to believe and I could be completely wrong that I have a feeling that as some of these other brands get larger and larger in the future they're not necessarily gonna I mean they're gonna look at look at that Mark Zuckerberg thing and in the back of their head they're gonna be like well he didn't sell for a billion. And as silly as that sounds, it might be a billion, might not be as much as it was once upon a time, as silly as I even feel saying that. But I'm just saying that we have a whole generation and even younger than that that are looking at it and saying, well, I would never sell it. Why would I sell it? I created a company in my dream. I don't need a billion dollars right now. And look what Mark Zuckerberg did and XYZ. And there's a whole other model. So I just think it's super interesting because now I look at what you're doing and I'm like, oh, man because they need that scale they need all these other things and it's kind of like this interesting intersection you you uh you're sitting at
1: yeah you bring up a, f- a few good points adam i think uh one uh, it's a great example uh westinghouse uh which is one of our, our partners uh and we uh, have been instrumental in their licensing program you know for for you know almost 20 years and you A know, great example for, for something we did for them was they were looking to, uh, as a legacy brand, as a heritage brand, they were looking to uh, expand their reach into millennial audience. So one of the things we were able to do was extend them uh, into televisions. And, you know, have the features of, you know, smart TVs, those type of things uh, that are going to appeal to that audience. So there's definitely for, uh, you know, brands that have been around, there's definitely great opportunities for them to, to quote you, reinvent uh, sort of themselves. Uh, with a different demographic and a different audience. And as a result, it extends the brand, right, which is really the whole purpose of brand licensing, to extend to extend that value, to extend that equity uh, into categories. So that's a great example, I think, with the Weston House. I also think you bring up uh, a couple good points with, you know, companies, brand licensing is a very interesting thing, right? When you are a younger company and, uh, let's call it, you know, uh, early stages, uh, and, and things are really kind of rocking and rolling. You, you're you really, you know, doing very well. You're probably less likely to, to do brand licensing, or at least that it's been in the past, because you mm-hmm. feel like, hey, I can do everything myself. You know, why do I want to go and license my brand? We can make this, we can make that, We can we can do it all. And that's just sort of kind of the the ambition that we all have as as youth. But as you start to see brands developing and they're getting more mature, what ends up happening, they say, wait a minute, we don't have to do everything ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, in a sense, you've kind of earned uh, that right, you know, because you've built up that equity, you have that awareness. So now you can really say strategically, okay, where where do we want to go? That makes a lot of sense for what our core offering is right, that complements that, that can Mm -hmm. support that, but we don't want to, you know, the cost of of manufacturing, the research, and and all the different things that go into the launching a new product, and then I think you make a very good point, too, about what is happening now, right, with retail and everything's just so, you know, crazy out there, you know, and you have brands, you know, especially those that are direct-to-consumer that, Mm. you know, not overnight, although it seems like to us overnight, but in a relatively short amount of time, what it used to be can build a tremendous amount of brand equity and can build a tremendous amount of awareness in a short period of time. I think in the past, you know, when they think about growing brand licensing, was probably a tool they thought about less. But now I think there's a trend in the industry to say, hey, you know, maybe now there are complementary uh, categories that we can license our brand into that makes a lot of sense. And a lot of times it may just be from a business development standpoint, right? We want to license it first before we actually decide to go into it ourselves. All different reasons as to why why people license.
0: No, I love it. Um, All all great points, and and I I think it's a very um, interesting intersection that you find yourself at and an amazing company to be with. Um, Pioneers in what they're doing. I mean, 30-plus years, come on. That's amazing. Um, Yeah,
1: no, it's it's a great ride, and it's a great industry, and the industry itself, now most people can understand brand licensing uh, when it comes to character or uh, entertainment, right? So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, take Mickey Mouse, for example, people can understand, okay, Mickey Mouse is, he's on a thermos, he's on a backpack, he's on Mm a, you know, and so on and so on. Uh, It's the same way with corporate brands. Uh, However, there is a lot of strategy that that does go into it because, look, the last thing we want as consumers, you know, we, we all hate it, right? When you're like, your favorite brand, you're like, they're making this now, you know? And, It it throws you off because it doesn't fit, and then more importantly, you know, it may not work or it it doesn't hit, you know, the consumer expectations from what you expect from that brand. And that's when people know about brand licensing in the wrong Mm -hmm. way, you know. So it it has to be done in a seamless and and, in the right way to where it really is an enhancement to the core product.
0: Man, I'll tell you one thing though. For the um, and I agree with you completely when it comes to products. Um, but when it comes to the um, the entertainment side of things, I'll tell you one thing, man. That whole that whole realm has changed. I, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I'm like, so the comment you said right now, I would 100% agree with. However, I'm like, but then if you think like it on some other global markets, I'm like, man, you go to Korea, and it's like, no, you just put that face on there of whatever pop star or whatever, like you know, soap star or I'm sorry, a K-, K drama star. And you're like, Oh my gosh. And it sells like crazy. And so you're like, even cultures the way they perceive brands versus people versus all these things. Like we're at this amazing intersection where like you can, let's say do things that um, people couldn't do in in the past. Um, even with in that, in that space with all this, yeah. influencer mm-hmm. and all the mm-hmm. other things. It's so interesting to me. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. Um, that's a
1: very good point and and you know it really highlights the fact that we really are in a global world you know so most most days it's not uncommon for me to go you know a series of phone calls and not even necessarily speaking to someone in, in the United States um because there's just that much uh business going out in the world brands are constantly looking to uh extend you know their footprint uh, to everywhere really in the world and, and licensing is a good tool. Brand license is a great tool for, for, to do just that.
0: Well, that's great. Um, so if somebody's listening to this, Reggie, and if they want a little bit more information on LMCA, what's the best route for them to get that info?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, you can reach me at, uh, I'll just give you my email. It's reggie, T-R-E-G-G-I-E-T at lmca.net. And uh, LinkedIn at Reggie Thornton, LMCA, is uh, the easiest way uh, to do that. And I would encourage uh, any of your listeners, any of your future guests, uh, to definitely reach out if you just want to uh, to understand more about brand licensing, to understand, hey, if it is a fit, if it isn't a fit. Uh, we all have brands, and, and we are surrounded by our favorite brands, and uh, I love to be, I love to have the opportunity to talk to people just about brands, and I think it's uh, great that you have this podcast and what you are doing uh, really gives people, I think, great insight to learn about what others are doing, Uh, not only just, you know, for the benefit of networking with that person, but a lot of times, you know, especially for your younger viewers, just trying to figure out what is it that you really actually want to do? You know, there's there's so many things and people are doing so many neat things. So I think this kind of platform uh, is great and uh, I'm always uh, down to have a conversation and, and speak more.
0: Awesome. Well, hey, I really appreciate you uh, coming on the show today, Reggie, and to the listeners as always. Um, Really hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And uh, Reggie, thanks again for coming on.